Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of What's in a Name. This is Jessica. This is Ethan. This is Crystal. And this is... What's What's in a Name. name? Dang it, Crystal. Yeah, right. (laughs) Internet's still delayed. (laughs) You also said our (laughs) podcast before we all could say it together, Jessica. That's a faux pas. Oh my gosh, that is a faux pas. I <laughs> um I cursed that from the beginning. So sorry everyone. Spoilers. Yeah. I should have said spoilers. Alert. You're ruining our flow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what's up, everyone? It's your girl Jessica. Um, coming in with this week's question. Um, what was an item of clothing that you were obsessed with when you were growing up? Okay, before I answer this question, I just the way that you started that off, have you ever seen the DCOM Radio Rebel? <laughs> Oh, I, Disney Channel original movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's no, good. I don't think so. No, I, I saw it a long time ago, but like you started it off like you were like a smooth jazz radio host. What's up? It's your girl, Jessica. <laughs> I was, I was like... trying to be like the like the kid that does the morning announcements at yeah. high school. That's basically what Radio Rebel is, except for like add V for Vendetta to like <laughs> High School Musical. And that's basically what that movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, to answer your question um about it was clothing we were obsessed with so i was never super obsessed with these as much as i think other people were but you guys remember those like rubber bracelets that used to be a huge thing probably when i was like in middle school um in the ones i'm talking about i think like the Livestrong bracelets kind of like popularized the trend oh yeah i was thinking like the rubber bracelets that like they were the rubber bands that like when you took it off it'd be like a giraffe Oh it would, like, my hold gosh. It, it would like hold its shape really well. I forgot about those. Yeah, those were also big. But um, those like Livestrong bracelets, I don't know why this has stuck with me for so long. But like, no joke, I knew this kid growing up that would wear like 10 to 15 of them on each one of his arms. Like it was it was so bad. I remember like people at church told him like, you can't wear those at church. They're, it's too distracting. And I was just like, <laughs> let this man live his best life. <laughs> Wait, they weren't the, I remember like, they first got popularized by ones that said boobies. <laughs> okay, I don't know where you grew up. I don't think that's how it started. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being disgusted by people that wear those bracelets. I was like, yeah. I bet they don't have like a, like, uh, I bet they have like no morals, you know. <laughs> Filthy incels. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So mine wasn't exactly clothing, but it was braces. So I thought braces were like the coolest thing. And I like really wanted them. I thought everyone who had braces were cool. I wanted the uh, pink on the top and blue on the bottom. But my dentist told me no, so I could never be cool. And it was very sad. (laughs) He told you no to braces in general or just pink and blue braces? In general. I didn't need them. Oh, flex on all of us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My dentist told me I was too perfect to have braces. So, like, I'm so bummed. (laughs) um do you guys remember when like people used to get bullied for wearing braces and now it's like the opposite like people get bullied if they don't have braces yeah i guess that's true like you'd get made fun of i guess if you had to wear braces yeah but i had a a friend who had like a whole like scientific theory about like what colors you should choose for your braces um i just remember he would always talk about it and i was like i could literally not be less interested in this topic of conversation the band (laughs) colors yeah yeah Yeah. he was like you can't choose green because then it looks like you have spinach but if you choose yellow then it looks like your teeth are gross and i was like (laughs) just calm down (laughs) (laughs) it's funny all right my blue and pink would have worked then (laughs) (laughs) true 
Um, okay, so I remember in my family we had this princess jean jacket that got passed down throughout the ages. Um, I don't remember which princesses it had, but um, I was obsessed with that jean jacket. And then each of my sisters like wore it, and I would be so jealous that they were like now the size of the princess jacket. <laughs> but um, I also like was obsessed with this baby bop costume from Barney. Uh, I wore it all the time. I have pictures of me like wearing it over my jeans and like cowboy boots um with like my bangs that like my mom would rat up it's quite the image to see so (laughs) good good job on good job on your parents though like romanticizing (laughs) hand-me-downs like getting the kids hype for it i was like this is so amazing (laughs) it's like we bought it the di (laughs) it's 20 years old (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay so this week we're going to be talking about like i mentioned last week the principles of persuasion have you guys ever heard of these Yes. So as someone who likes to debate and argue, I know a few of these principles. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, every single one of us is toxic. Like we we do these at least subconsciously. <laughs> and, you know, as someone is who is like toxically manipulative, I have heard of them and I use them for evil every single day. Why, why does that not surprise me about either of you? <laughs> um, so I want to talk about these because right now, since we moved into our new house, we have had so many people coming to our house to sell various things, but a lot of pest control, which I get it. There's a lot of bugs everywhere, but with very few exceptions, I feel like pest control is a huge scam in my mind. Um, And so I really need to educate myself on how to avoid these traps. And by me, I mean, Nathan, because all the time when I go downstairs, he has the front door open talking to one of these pest control people. Um, So I'm curious. Um, have you guys ever tried to sell anything before in your life? So I'm what some people would call a hustler. Um, I was selling candy in middle school. My teachers were my biggest customers. I also did uh, like the solar door sales, like door to door credit repair insurance. It really is an art to selling and avoiding salespeople. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw you selling uh, life insurance on your like Snapchat story. Yeah, you know, got to get it. Got to get it out there. Can't pay for ads I, on Facebook. I, it was like I, no one likes to talk about it, but it's our reality. Death. I oh can't imagine gosh. that like the Venn diagram of people who are on Snapchat and people who are buying life insurance is like has a lot of overlap in it. So I actually had one person reach out to me who wanted life insurance for herself and her daughter from that Snapchat. So oh, wow, I, so I stand, stand corrected. Um, I'm not surprised at all, though, Crystal, that you were like a freaking hustler. That, <laughs> that's funny. Um, also, Jessica, I want to rewind to what you said about pest control being a scam, because I distinctly remember like two days ago, you sent me a video of like this heinous amount of spiders <laughs> covering someone's house. And so I'm just like, maybe pest control where you're at is not as much of a scam as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, yeah, that was disgusting. And I sent it to my sisters as well. And like one of them responded and was like, trigger warning. Like literally, <laughs> don't send us that. And I was like, it's not that big of a deal. But then Nathan said, I woke up. I, I don't remember much of like the sleep talking I do. But he said like, I fell asleep. Then I woke up and I was like, can you get all the spiders out of here? <laughs> And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, they're crawling all over me. The ones from the video. And he was like, no, they're not. But I guess I was having nightmares about it. So wow, did affect me. Yeah, that is scary. Um, 
that's funny though. Okay, but to answer your question, um, no, I have never had a job that like has required me to be a salesman. Um, though I did play one in my eighth grade play. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly think door-to-door sales would probably be like the bane of my existence. <laughs> yes. I feel so similarly. They're my worst nightmare. If you were to ask me right now if I'd rather be homeless or be in sales, I would say homeless. Um, and I, yeah, I just don't have much experience with it, except selling like fat boys for dance fundraisers. <laughs> and I think my mom bought all of them because like I couldn't sell them to anyone. But um, yeah, so when I was learning about the six principles of persuasion, I felt kind of squirmy. Um, like they almost feel manipulative to me, which I, I think it depends on how you use them. Um but I just wanted to go over a quick summary of uh, each of the six principles of persuasion so we can start digging into them. So hang with me. Um, so the first one is reciprocity, which essentially means that you want to do little favors for someone with no seeming expectation. And then when you go to persuade them on something, they will feel like you owe them and they'll be more likely to give in. Um, so the second one is commitment or consistency. So the evidence shows that if you can get someone to do something small for you, they'll be more likely to commit to something bigger in the future. So you start by asking them like, hey, can you take a quick survey for me? Or can you comment on this post? And then you hit them with something bigger. Um, and then the third is social proof, which is pretty simple. People do what they believe other people are doing. So they make it, se- so make it seem like this is something that everyone's doing and they're more likely to do it. Um, the fourth is authority. So they did an experiment where they put a random guy off the street in a lab coat and had him instruct people to administer what they thought was a torturous amount of shocks to people. And uh, so many people did it just because they viewed this random guy as an authority figure. So a lot of people will reference officials, professors, doctors, or other seemingly like known experts when they're selling something. Uh, and then two more. The fifth one is liking. So trying to find out... Um, what you have in common so find out who their sports team is what their hobbies are and have those be your hobbies and teams and the last one is scarcity so making it seem like there's a limited amount something like hurry there's only five left or something like that um so that's a super quick summary of the six principles of persuasion i'm curious what your guys' thoughts are yeah so i don't think they're like bad tactics or um it's just people working with how people operate or think. And so I used to fear them, uh, honestly, as a missionary. Uh, I think <laughs> oh, my if, gosh. I think, I think if the product is good or if it's helping someone, convincing them to do it is fine. So and if the I gospel's think, true, then it's fine <laughs> if I manipulate people. <laughs> that's also, yeah, that's like, I, I agree with that perspective, but it's also such a fine line, too. Like, <laughs> and like, I no, told no, the line <laughs> on the Lord's side. <laughs> oh man um, but I think the commitment to consistency and uh, the liking are the ones I use mostly in sales and just in life so I will get people to like you get people to agree they say yes to simple things and so now they have in their mindset of saying yes or this is a positive experience and so when you can you ask them for something else they like naturally are like yeah and so they agree to it so I mean it works it works but um to add on i've never used my power for evil so except to scam all old people into getting life insurance <laughs> they need life insurance <laughs> um uh, that is funny i i think actually that the one with like having someone 
do a favor, like a small favor for you, is actually called the Benjamin Franklin effect. So kind of like a little fun fact within our podcast. <laughs> um, I totally agree with you, though, Jessica, like the principles of persuasion seem so shady to me, because like you said, it's basically just being like, how can we manipulate people into making a decision that is not in their best interest? But I do think that like, um, the reason we feel like so like suspicious of them is because they're so effective for the first part. And probably because our personal experiences with those principles of persuasion have probably been people wielding them against us to our detriment. Mm. <laughs> but just like, I feel like any tool that we have, like those principles can be used for good or for bad. And it really all depends on who's using them, how they're being used and like why they're being used. Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Um, I agree. Feels kind of manipulative me, manipulative to me, but to each their own. Um, I mostly want to educate myself so I don't fall trapped to these things. I guess like I'm okay buying a product, like you said, if it's good, Crystal, but I want to buy it because like I legitimately went through the thought process on my own, not because someone manipulated me into doing it. But I'm curious um, if you guys have ever seen these in action. I just wanted to share one of my thoughts. So on my birthday, this a couple months ago, I had an old friend message me on Facebook. It was like, happy birthday, Jessica. How are you spending your day? And I was like, huh, that's weird. Like, I haven't talked to this friend in a while. Uh, but that's nice of her to message me on my birthday. Um, and so I was like, I don't want to be rude. So I started to respond. And she's like, what are some goals you have for yourself this year? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, I knew it. Um, and so I stopped responding. And she's like, if one of those is weight loss, then like, here's a program I'm doing and stuff like that. And that? I was like, I was like, screw you. Like on my birthday. Um, and anyways, so she messaged one of my other friends on her birthday like five days ago uh and so I'm trying not to take a personal um but she messaged her the exact same thing and she was like what are some goals you have and my friend like when she was messaging me was like I'm getting like I want her to make her say that she thinks I'm fat or something <laughs> so, like, she like was like oh some of the goals I have for myself and just like completely like bs the girl um on like what the goals are but she was trying to like connect with us by like liking her by wishing us happy birthday you know when in reality she was just trying to sell me weight loss product on my birthday <laughs> that's terrible that's horrible <laughs> stories like that make me not regret not being on social media good so call fun fact I, I, and i'm sure it's proven if someone hits you up out of the blue it's to sell you something <laughs> oh my gosh that is so true like yeah that's such a good point <laughs> like I, I have old roommates messaging me stuff and the next thing i know trying to sell me some melaleuca or something um, <laughs> but um i've been in several uh mlms like multi i knew it uh, I, is, I knew it nothing new i've done everything so and i it's not because i'm easily persuaded but like because things like i'm like oh that does sound like a good idea and so you're easily persuaded <laughs> crystal you're like you're like the embodiment of someone who who wants to get rich quick scheme like i think like of the tv show ed ed and eddie i'm like that's literally you <laughs> no i like i work so hard but the problem with it is all of these things that i got into i just used the products myself and like i didn't sell anything 
So like I did I did the like the wrap things, the body wraps you're supposed to sell and help people shrink their waist. And I'm like, I'll just use them myself. And then like I got into Mary Kay and I was like, I'll just use the makeup myself. And then I got into Herbal Life and I was like, I'll just use the milkshakes myself. Like, so I just I don't have the seller mentality, but the products sound good. And so I'm like, I'll just buy it myself. Like I like buy into it and then I'm like, I'll use it myself and use the discount I get as being one of the sellers. <laughs> Crystal's like, I'm not easily persuaded, but every time I do talk to a salesperson, I, get I walk away I walk away convinced that like I have a problem that I never knew I had. Yeah. But- <laughs> also, that's actually like um one of the things they say is like how to spot an MLM is like if the people who are buying it are also the people who are like selling it. So the fact that like you're the person who was using all the stuff you were supposed to be selling is exactly what an MLM is designed to do. <laughs> Listen, easy mark. But to continue with my thought though, like when I like when you're in the mall, the people who are selling stuff at the little kiosk, they get you to stop. That's like 75% of the battle. Um, I'm all I they can always get me to stop because I feel it's rude to just walk by someone who's trying to talk to me. So they always get me and then that's they yep. pretty much won me over at that point. Um but I had this this one particular salesperson, they were selling like cream and um it's like sea salt from like the, the Dead Sea or something. And um she's like, Do you own multiple pairs of like jeans and shirts? And I was like, Yeah, you know, they get you to say yes. And she's like well, um, you can't buy multiple skins. You have to take care of the skin that you have. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> and then I, she's like, we are having the sale again, creating that urgency. And it's only for today. And I'm like, yeah. And then like, of course, they put the put it on you. So you use it. And it's like, oh, that feel nice. I feel a difference. Needless to say, I walked away with $200 face cream. But, oh, no. I don't regret my purchase because it was great. I felt youthful. Wow. Honestly, if I was not with my dad last Christmas at the mall, he would have walked away with a $400 massage gum. Like, he was convinced. He's like, I have never seen anything like this. I was like, Dad, those are $30 on Amazon. Like, you need to walk away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Um, Multi-level marketing is the worst (laughs) um i've definitely had my fair share of run-ins with those um i'm thinking though just like it honestly like mlms are such a good example of where you see the principles of persuasion like wielded in the worst way possible (laughs) um robert cialdini actually has done a bunch of research about the principles of persuasion and he's written some really really good books on them um, so anyone who wants to learn more, I definitely would recommend him as an author. They're always really, really good. But one thing that um, I'm just thinking about that he mentions, um, and he says this works like a charm in order to like kind of avoid these principles of persuasion, is he says just like learn to call it out verbally when you see someone using it against you. So one really common example is when a car salesman is trying to sell you a car and is like, oh, I can give you this really good deal but only if you sign today like obviously they're using that principle of scarcity and so cialdini says like the best way out of those kind of uh tactics is saying like something verbally about that trick like oh i appreciate the offer but why is there a time frame on this deal or you could even get really specific and say like 
oh, you know, you're using like the principle of scarcity to try to pressure me into this. Like, can we talk about why the deal is only for today? And that helps kind of alleviate a lot of the pressure that we feel when it comes to addressing those uh, principles of persuasion being used against us. Mm, it's a good call. Makes total sense. I'm wondering, have you have you guys thought of any ways that you can potentially use the principles of persuasion in a more ethical way? Um, just in reflecting on it. I think that sometimes in therapy, you have to follow some of these things. Like, you definitely want to be likable and relatable, even if it might not be completely accurate. Um, and sometimes it is considered ethical to really rely on your therapeutic relationship to, like, initiate change. And so you can use some of these principles of persuasion to try to, like, get someone to change without them realizing that <laughs> it wasn't their whole idea all along. So I definitely think it can be tricky for sure. Yeah, no, I really think the, like, ethicality of all these principles comes down to how we are using them and why are using them. Like I mentioned, like, if you're using them to get someone to, like, act, act against their own best interest then like that's probably a pretty good red flag that it's unethical or like if you're using them and like ignoring the other person's like emotions or values or humanity like that's also probably another red flag but I could totally see how the line of like when it's okay to use it and when it's not okay to use it is like very very hard to decipher for sure so to me I feel like every person media outlet everyone works in persuasion uh, and I don't think we would call like a news outlet unethical for the most part um, or a company that's using marketing to persuade someone to use their, their products. So I don't think it's like unethical to persuade people to do something. Um, but I think people in general need to be better with themselves at reasoning if this is a good idea for them. Like kind of like you said, Jessica, you don't want someone to convince you something is good or bad. Like you want to come at come to it on your own terms and I think the problem is people are lazy like they want someone to just give them the information and then they take it as whole cloth what like so it's not really them persuading they're them they're presenting something they're too lazy to research or to like give it any thought on their own and so they take it for what it is and so like I don't think I think it's less persuasion unless people like (laughs) (laughs) not wanting to put in the work or thought to think something out on their on their own Crystal, are you victim blaming? I mean, I wouldn't put it past me, but no, that's not what I'm doing. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past me. Uh, That's funny. Um, Okay. Any last minute MLM stories before we finish up? Um, Fun fact, Utah has the most MLMs per capita. So I hope all of you Utahns out there are proud. That's true. And the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints recently had to add to their handbook a section on MLMs um, and how like you're not supposed to be using them uh, in the church capacity so very interesting (laughs) somebody just tried to suck my mom into an MLM actually but luckily she's like very very wary of that stuff so I would say 90% of the ones that I've gotten into and it's only been a handful have been through (laughs) other members of the church (laughs) those must be some big hands (laughs) Crystal one is too many Uh, that's funny um all right one sentence takeaways i can start um for me i just want to know the game they're playing and be aware and not make decisions that go against my values just because someone's being persuasive so know the game 
<laughs> um, so I would say I would ask myself if this item or experience is going to add value to my life and like gauge the opportunity cost of like doing it or, or not. Yeah, I think anytime I'm being pressured to make a decision by someone, I just want to take a step back and ask like, what pressures are pushing me to make a decision right now? I think just in a lot of situations, if we refuse to be sped up and we just slow down, we can make a lot better choices. Sure. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, okay. Awesome. Ethan, you're the star next week. Give us a rundown. <laughs> I'm the star every week, Jessica. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, All right. So our next episode, we're going to be talking about self handicapping. So if you've ever felt like you were in your own way or like your own worst enemy when it comes to like personal growth or success, then make sure to tune in next week. Um, I'll just talk about MLM. This makes me think like, should I start a pyramid scheme about helping people over like (laughs) overcome self handicapping? Like maybe I should become a life coach. A life coach. Oh, don't get me started on life coaches. Jessica, Jessica loves life coaches. She's a huge fan. <laughs> I actually no, no. This podcast has already been too long. Uh, catch <laughs> us next week in, if, in case Ethan brings up this topic again so you can all hear my thoughts on life coaching. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for joining in. We will see you all next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.